From Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com, it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm still amazed you made it alive after what you did. Born on your feet, running forest fires underneath your bed. It's good to be back, good to be back, good to be It's the week of Friday, June 11th, 2010, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, back in black. I was gone last week. But you're not wearing black. I'm wearing charcoal gray. It's like olive. Back in faded black. (laughs) Here with me in Orlando, Florida studios is Maya Strang. Hello. Back in teal. Yes. And Ryan Hamm. Hey, everyone. Who was uh, here last week. On the (laughs) Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way across the pond, Lloyd Kinsley. Good day, everyone. <laughs> it's night there, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but still part of the day. Hey, so this <laughs> weekend, uh, sa- Saturday, USA and uh, England yeah. World Cup. Yeah. Oh, it's on. It's on like Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. Well, it's going to either be exciting or very embarrassing. Well, did anyone did anyone see the Onion article this week that was like USA's one soccer fan becoming more intolerable? <laughs> <laughs> and it was about this guy like emailing like World Cup stories to people at his office and them getting deleted immediately. You know, I just want to say today we got tweeted saying that relevant like hates soccer, and I was like, and so I tweeted back because I do. The- relevant twitter and i was like no 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 lots of us love soccer like go world cup yay and someone's like on the world on the podcast last week there were a few digs on it which was true because josh loveless and jesse carey ganged up on me (laughs) and they said that they said that they expected ryan's international flair or european flair Mm. which i didn't realize i had i think that's a compliment (laughs) anyway so there so he's saying he thought that i would chime in so i just want to go on the record by saying like I'm very excited about the World Cup. I Are plan you? on DVRing every game. I'm going to go to a party for Saturday's yeah. game. Unlike when yeah. you guys aren't on the podcast, I listened to last week's, even though it wasn't on it. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I fully agree with Jesse's opinion on the World Cup <laughs> and you. on soccer Thank in general. You. I love I, it. I had somebody write on my Facebook page, like, dude, soccer's way better than baseball. <laughs> and I, and I, posted, I posted a picture one of Bo Jackson. Okay, that should be the that should be the 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 discussion ender right there. Just Bo Jackson, you know. Then I posted one of Raleigh Fingers. All right, well, uh, listen. And his mustache. I can't get with you on the baseball thing. I mean, baseball is like watching like paint dry. I it's, like I, I like baseball too. I'm with you, Jesse too. I can't stand baseball. Chad, you're not you're not part, I love you're not baseball. welcome to be part of this conversation. <laughs> now. Ba- baseball is is d- like such a deeply American you Boredom. know institution. Yeah. Where soccer I don't know. Well, you know what else is a deeply institu- American institution? Obesity. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and baseball. I right. feel like you're not allowed to challenge Together. anything that Ken Burns makes a documentary yeah. about. No, no. If you can be a professional at, at, at something at the age of 47 and or be morbidly obese and still be a professional athlete in the sport and I'm talking about golf and baseball I will have it you is know, not a real sport Prince Fielder it's a is not obese he's just big boned okay but that I saw on Sports Center last night that some pitcher's 47 and he's still good 
For, you can't, see, it can't be a real sport if 47-year-olds are competing awesome. with 20-year-olds. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, what about Brett Favre? What about all the fat football players? Yeah. That's not fat. That's like necessary <laughs> chunk. <laughs> yeah, that's strategic. They need yeah. that for for girth. It's tougher to get around <laughs> them. Can, get around can them. I, can can I tell them. you another reason why baseball is awesome? Name no. another sport where the coach wears the same uniform. As <laughs> okay, apply that to another sport. And see if it's cool That's yeah. true. Can you imagine the NBA finals like Doc Rivers is suited up? <laughs> yeah. Oh man! All right, that's true. Uh, well, listen, we have a good podcast for you today. We have an interview with uh, satirist and author uh, John Acuff, the guy behind Stuff Christians Like, a very funny blog and book that's out. We also have an in-studio performance by Quiet Science. Is that like Quiet Riot? <laughs> so it's like, come on, bring the periodic table. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Come on. You got to give me credit for that. That was good. They're that coming up good. later. But up first, your entertainment releases. We have a f- after last week's like marathon yeah. music release week. In fact, it was so long that before the podcast was published, Chad had to go back and, and remove about half of the list <laughs> because it took like 15 minutes of the podcast just really? to list all the music that was coming out this week we've got Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers I liked them when I was with young with Mojo when you were, yeah you liked them about 40 years ago when they were good yeah. <laughs> Another American institution. <laughs> yeah. You know, he did a, a tour at baseball parks. Drake is coming out with Thank Me Later. That Bradley. album that album is sad. Why? Like it's all about how He's like rich now and girls don't want to date him and he's like going through all this self-doubt. It's like a mixture Aww. of like Poor I know exactly. <laughs> it's a mixture. And his face explodes apart in Sprite commercials. Yeah. yeah. It turns out say, he's actually yeah, a now robot. Now that I'm yeah. doing the Sprite commercials, life's a lot tougher. <laughs> yeah. Well, At least I have a refreshing It's the funny thing cuz it's always like I have a white Bentley now, but I don't know if she really likes me. And you're like, "Really? Really, Drake?" Yeah. Such a relatable issue yeah that's true he he's the voice of the street <laughs> he's a man yeah. of the people <laughs> yeah well as you know i went to see a drake concert a few weeks ago no, you, I got... you went to see a chaos concert yeah, and... and drake happened to play after <laughs> <laughs> the most fun part of the show was just sort of glibly yelling out free wheezy for freeing lil wayne and occasionally drake would go on these tirades against the nypd and you're sort of like Jake, you're from suburban Toronto. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not really sure you have much to complain about, unless you know your housing organization was mad about your lawn length. It, right. it, yeah, and I was gonna say, and is anyone disputing Little Wayne's guilt? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, like, it wasn't like he was set up. You know, he had a bunch of uh, you know weapons and drugs <laughs> on his bus. And that's the funny thing is like. It's not like anyone was like, oh, man, did you see Lil Wayne had weapons and drugs? It was sort of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he talks about it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's the subject of every song. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also have the Gaslight Anthem coming out with American slang and the drums with the drums. Movies coming out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Are you serious? Only because that's the first band you've mentioned that I know. You don't know Tom Petty or Drake? Nope. The drums <laughs> the drums album is really good. Is it? Yeah. Can I just explain something? Literally, every time you go through a long list of um, band names, every week, probably 92%, I have no idea who they are. 
Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> like you should, you should I know. Send him a I'm not. I don't think I'm as cool as I think I am. <laughs> we should send him a mixtape. <laughs> send him a mixtape so he knows what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Movies coming out on Friday, June 18th. You won't know any of these either. Um, <laughs> Toy Story 3, starring. Oh, yes. um, no, what's that about? <laughs> I've never seen the first two. What? I yeah. know. It's oh. Get out of here. They're I know. So it's good. so weird. Hey, hey, Maya, have you seen any Pixar movie? Yes. We liked then up. you've seen the first two. <laughs> oh, Jesse. Jesse, how back. dare Jessie. you? No, they're all the same. It's, you know. How dare you? Oh, baseball's all the same. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I can't. I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> this is coming from a sport where, where you're lucky if the, the total score equals two. Well, what about in baseball where the pinnacle of achievement is a no-hitter? Mm. <laughs> do, you know, do you know how, you know how <laughs> difficult that is? <laughs> do you know how difficult it is to you know pass a soccer ball around and forth all game? Not at all, because they do it every time. <laughs> all right. Uh, how we got on that from Toy Story, I'm not sure. Not sure. Uh, also coming out, Jonah Hex, starring Josh Brolin and John Malkovich. Um, and also coming out, Cyrus in limited release, starring John C. Riley and Jonah Hill. I've heard really good things about that. John C. Riley was on The Daily Show this week. I don't think I've it. heard of that one. I hadn't heard of it until he was on The Daily Show, which means it was an effective marketing strategy. Hmm. All right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Up next, Slices. Listening to the drums, uh, which is that that album that came out. It's coming out on Tuesday. Yeah, the song is uh, "Let's Go Surfing." That's that's a Lloyd Kinsley special right there. Everybody surfing now, come on, with me. She's literally doing nice. it. Stop that one. <laughs> so it's time for slices. All right, what do you got, Jesse? All right, well, I really like this one. A a guy in Tennessee was caught by a speeding camera on the highway, and he got like a ninety dollar ticket. But he was really upset. He felt like uh, that it was a speed trap that they set up the camera because they know they could catch a lot of people and just make money. It wasn't for you know public safety. It was just for the police department to make money. So he went to the police website to pay the ticket. But he found out that the domain was about to expire. And so he waited uh, a few weeks and he purchased BluffCityPD.com and turned it into a site for him to rail against speed cameras. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And apparently the police department was pretty upset with GoDaddy. But uh, there's really nothing they can do. Really? There's nothing you can do? No. I mean, GoDaddy said we contacted them like eight times to try (laughs) to get them to renew. But the the police chief said that uh, he didn't, he admittedly didn't know much about computers. (laughs) Maybe he's waiting for Danica Patrick to personally deliver the renewal notice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In in her Indy car. Exactly. I just ran and got a Snapple what I miss. You really want to tell you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to do one more short one since camera's back. Uh, But this one's from Australia. A cafe in Sydney has broken the record for the world's largest cheeseburger. Sweet. Guess how many pounds it weighs. 
Seven. Uh, would it be roughly, uh, I don't know, let's just say maybe uh, <laughs> 200 pounds. 210 pounds. Oh, close. For a cheeseburger? For a cheeseburger. Yeah, for a cheeseburger. And my favorite is in the lead, like the, the opening sentence of the article. It says, it took 120 eggs to hold it together and four burly men to lift it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> a great visual picture. Oh. Like there's all these guys, like there's these four burly men that just happen to be at the cafe. And it's like, oh, thank God they're here. We need to flip this 200 pound burger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll help. Oh, right over here. Oh. That's the Australian accent. Australian That's, accent. That's my Australian burly man accent. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, speaking of Australian burly men, I got uh, I talked to Adam Smith this week. Uh, podcast listeners remember Adam, former host, editor here. Mm-hmm. Moved to New Zealand, got married uh, almost exactly a year ago. Uh, they're living in Wellington, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam is uh, doing some newswire editorial work for an Australian company and might in the coming months be moving to Sydney. Hmm. That's the, he and his wife might be moving over to Sydney, yeah. so... Uh, that's the update with Adam. And he's doing well, and he says hello to everyone. Maybe he could confirm this burger story Maybe for he can us. help flip the next one. <laughs> yeah. He can be one of the burly men. <laughs> All right, Lloyd, what you got? Now, this this thing is, it sounds like something that Bear Grylls would have done or someone just as uh, burly. But it, a surfer um, on the western coast of Australia um, got knocked off his board and then realized that, that it was a shark and it was circling back to get him. And as it approached him, he defended himself by punching it in the face. <laughs> at, at which point it caught his leg just uh, and he swam back with a, a... He had like a... says he suffered a fairly horrendous gash in his leg, but he still managed to get back after punching a shark in the face. Wow. Well, That's said, awesome. I mean, I, I read that story earlier this week. Didn't he manage to yeah. somehow cling to a surfboard and ride a wave back in? Yeah, he mm-hmm. surfed a yeah. wave to, 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 to the rescue. That man yeah. is a man, man <laughs> among boys. Yeah. And uh, you punch a shark and then surf your way back to shore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure that happened in the last Die Hard movie. <laughs> I think Chuck, Chuck Norris gave this guy a phone call and just said, well done, sir. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure in the last Die Hard, Bruce Willis surfed a fighter jet <laughs> before punching a shark in the yeah. face and surfing to safety. Yeah. Okay, well, that'll do it for Slices. Up next, Quiet Science. You're listening to Band of Horses. The song is Compliments. It's very nice. It's a very affirming song mm-hmm. playing right now on both Relevant.tv, the video, and the song on Relevant.fm. Quiet Science is a band from Merritt Island, Florida. They've appeared at Cornerstone Festival and toured with the likes of Underrow, Sleeping at Last, Anne Berlin, Cool Hand Luke, uh, Me Without You, and others. With Without is their first full-length album. It was just released in May. Recently, they came by the Relevant Studios, and here they are.
There's a pale green light blinking in the sky above our heads Is it life or the last satellite? Battlefields into his foothills The mouth has run dry And she has gone He calls me diamonds He calls her silver and gold He tells us we That was Quiet Science. Check them out at quietsciencemusic.com. All right, up next, John Acuff. You're listening to Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. The song is Conscience Killer. It's playing right now on Relevant.fm. It's from their new album, Beat the Devil's Tattoo, which I think is an awesome name. They're the spotlight artists of the week over at Relevant FM. Uh, I was listening. We're, we just moved this last week, and we were painting and spending a lot of time in a room, staring at walls and moving our hands around. So I've been playing Relevant FM in the background quite a bit. And I got to tell you, really good around the house music. Oh, that's good. Chad's voice keeps popping up every so often. Yeah. It's soothing, isn't it? It is kind of soothing, actually. This is Chad Snavely. You're listening to Relevant FM, the frequency of the movement. You are free to move around your house. (laughs) (laughs) 
You missed a spot. Go over that wall again. Yeah. You missed I, a spot. I think that needs a third coat. <laughs> you forgot to put primer on. So, so, well, somebody tweeted today, like, um, uh, cleaning up the house, listening to Relevant FM. It's a really good soundtrack for cleaning up the house, is what they said. So maybe this needs to be a new marketing strategy. Uh-huh. If you're doing stuff around the house, Relevant FM is the soundtrack. Just, just add it a should, little It tips. should be called house music. No, wait. <laughs> house, I don't know. So, Tad, you should, you should, your DJ bumps, you should uh, give people little tips. <laughs> just do like a little new Yankee <laughs> workshop, you know? All right, so uh, between songs, I just want to give you instructions for finishing up that birdhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do little maintenance tips. Those new, those shows on PBS are the most frustrating things because I've watched a couple and been like, oh, I wonder if I could make something. And they're all like, they move so quickly that it's always like, here's a piece of raw wood. Now that you've got your entire baseboard done, let's move on to the <laughs> other part. It's like, I don't know how yeah. to use an all. I bought this weekend a pneumatic air nail gun. Oh, that's fun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I haven't yet used it. But I made this announcement uh. on Twitter that I got one, and 99% of the replies to me were, you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. we know enough about you that you won't, this will not end well. So I'm yes. very excited. That, I, that'll be a lot of fun, though. It grew some hair on my chest just paying for it. It's exciting. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel bad for the future. Well, I don't know if you plan on ever selling that house that you're in, but if you do, like, I can tell that the people that own the house previous to me were like super into nailing nails <laughs> because, <laughs> because we took down we took down some wood paneling and we had to take the like the 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 uh, you know whatever it's called around the floor i don't know the board baseboard that's a baseboard yeah the baseboard listen to relevant fm tonight i'll tell you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe jack can help me out with this but anyway i took it off and you would have thought that this the the molding was integral for the structural integrity of the house like it was load bearing molding <laughs> like, like literally there was a nail every two inches <laughs> alright John Acuff um, many of you know the very popular uh, humor blog Stuff Christians Like John Acuff started that blog back in March of 2008 and recently released a book by the same name uh, he wrote a piece called Stuff Christians Like for the new issue of Relevant and also wrote a statement in the same issue on kind of Christian satire, which was interesting, very interesting. Um, recently, Josh Loveless spoke to John, and here is part of that interview. John, how in the world did you fool a Christian publisher? into paying you actual money to write a book making fun of everything ridiculous about Christian subculture? Well, part of, part of, the, part of the way was the platform. I mean, how, how dare I become egotistical when a big part of the reason that publishers even knew I existed was the amount of readers. Yeah. You know, we live in such a niche society right now. Like, 30 years ago, there were three magazines. It was like Lifetime and National Geographic. And now there's a thousand different, you know, like East Coast knitter. You know, they're so fractured. So now if you can get a big group of people around one cause, you can get some good attention. So honestly, a big part of the reason publishers even talked to me was that there were, you know, hundreds of thousands of readers. And that gave me at least a foot in the door. Um, I certainly had to hustle once I get in. But a big part of it is just that, it's a wide open market. It's not like here's another, oh great, another Christian satire book. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of 
room and a lot of unexplored territory. And I was, I was quite frankly, really surprised at some of the risks Zondervan was willing to take. So it's been, it's been a real uh, fun experience. Yeah, I, I felt that several times reading it, wondering if Zondervan had actually read it uh, themselves. <laughs> Well, the opening, I mean, the first line of the book is, if you buy this book, God will make you rich. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, uh, I loved um, it. There's going to be some people that hate me, but that's, I mean, I'm trying to be honest, so. Uh, the people that have interacted with your website, uh, stuffchristianslike.net, um, already have a vibe and a take uh, on you. Do Christians love you or do they hate you? I think, I mean... I, I would like to say the majority is they enjoy what what I'm doing. I mean, I think there are certainly groups that don't take the time to understand what it is. Yeah. I mean, we're all pretty busy. I completely get that. And their initial response is one of defensiveness, just because there's really two ways Christian humor has been expressed. One, it's we're the target and it's mean, or we're the creators and it's kind of cheesy. Yeah. Now, there's certainly been a handful of great Christian artists that have created satire. I'm not a pioneer by any means. I'm not, I'm not original. Um, but I think for the most part, Christianity has been like this whipping boy. And you see it on comedy shows, and it's just such lazy humor. Like, making fun of Christians is just the laziest comedian's trick ever. And so I think a lot of times when somebody goes, hey, there's a satire about Christianity, they immediately think I'm on the outside and I'm poking fun at Christianity. Right. And so I get that reaction. The other reaction I get is that, like, a great example is I wrote a post about, um, and it's, I put it in the book, judging people who use a table of contents in their Bible. Right. And I said that I rip out mine and make it into a homemade chauffeur horn that I blow for dinner. <laughs> and this... This woman thought I was serious. Right. And she was like, how dare you judge people that? Yeah, and yeah. what that reveals to me is that somewhere in her faith walk, she's experienced that degree of you know judgment, and yeah. she expects that to be the case. Sure. So I do get some angry emails about that, and then I think that you know some people aren't going to like the book for a variety of reasons. This is obviously a spinoff on stuff white people like. Have you found any similarities between what white people like and what Christians like? Well, I mean, I'm white, so right off the bat, <laughs> I'm, I'm, there's definitely some overlap. Like, there are very few situations where I'm like, here's what, you know, Eastern Africans enjoy. Right, so there's definitely right, right. some overlap there. Um, I think the way I choose the ideas is that if it's common to everybody, I don't write about it. Yeah. So there has to be kind of layers for it. Like, there's a filter I pass ideas through. So if somebody goes, man, Christians hate waiting in line, I go, yes, yeah, humans hate that. <laughs> right, like, right, that's right. That's not unique to us. I mean, if you said, yeah, I'd write an idea about how quickly you forget the sermon by the time you get to the parking lot and there's traffic and you're a jerk. Like, that to me is unique to Christianity, not necessarily that people hate lines. Right, right, right. Um, why, don't, why don't you give us a few takes from uh, some of your more recent blog posts or, or even what's in the book, um, maybe even on, on issues like witnessing. What, what's, what's your take on, on what Christians uh, do when it comes to witnessing? Well, one of my personal favorites that I experienced the other day, there's a guy I work with. Uh, I have a full-time IT job. People sometimes think that, like, when you're a Christian author, you just sleep on money. Right. That has not been my experience thus far. Um, not entirely. So there's a guy I work with, and I heard a great sermon that I thought he would like, and so I totally left it on his desk in a CD when he wasn't at his desk. Right. And so I see him, like, 50 times a day, but... I like essentially staked that, staked them out and like dropped it off there. 
and he's moving to another state and gave me back the CD with the <laughs> post-it note still on it like the other day. Wow. And like, I know he didn't listen to it. And yeah. so a lot of what I write about is my own foibles. And so I think that, I think satire is humor with a purpose. And so what I try to do is really my hope is to create a huge mirror for Christianity to look at ourselves and go, wow, that is whack, or wow, that is beautiful, we need to do more of that. And so, like, one for witnessing is just, is the secret of doing that. And then another one, I wrote about how do you invite people to church? Like, is it, like, oh, my friends of graphic design, you've got to come see the production values of this set they're doing. Like, they're doing this Matrix-themed sermon. You'll love it. Oh, and there's God there, too, but come on. So I think we do some some silly things with witnessing. On the more serious tip, I, I in the book, talk about how sometimes I think we witness the people using fear because it's easier and it's safer. Like if I try to witness to you out of love, I have to expose myself and be vulnerable and you might reject me. But if I try to shame you or, you know, kind of use fear as a motivator for you, I don't risk anything. You know, your rejection of my shame doesn't hurt me. Right. And so I talk about that and that sometimes love takes too long and we want to kind of fast forward it with fear. So I think there's a couple different topics about witnessing in the Bible. And the other thing I'd say about witnessing recently, my daughter, my six-year-old found uh, a million-dollar bill in a bathroom rest stop <laughs> in South Carolina, and it was heartbreaking because she really thought she had a million-dollar bill. Of course. And, of course, it was a track, yeah, and I was like, yeah. ah, how do I tell her that? You yeah. know, like, ah, not exactly. Yeah. And why am I letting you pick things off of bathroom floors in South Carolina? <laughs> it's a like, bigger issue. Uh, you've written a piece about uh, understanding how metrosexual your worship leader is. Uh, sure. you, you made a list of things from what the worship leader wears to what he does so that people can score their own worship leader. What, why has the metrosexual worship leader taken over the country, in your opinion? Uh, well, it's fun. It's fun, for one. Um, they've, they're certainly in they're in the limelight, so I think stuff they do becomes kind of contagious in a church. Like, if you look, you know, everybody wants to be a rock star. Like, I like going to church and seeing Steve Fee. Like, he seems cool to me. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I want to do some of the things he's doing? Or at a conference, you know? Like, you go to Catalyst, those guys just kill it. So I think it's our version of rock stars. Um, and that one's been fun. And that, for me, I go to North Point Community Church, which is in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and I see that stuff all the time. And we joke about it. And it's it's fun. I'll have people that'll send me photos or will email me or say, you know, hey, at church today, my worship leader had a scarf on with a t-shirt. And it's just silly stuff like that. So it's it's fun. But the, again, this, the weird thing is that it's always changing. So like yesterday at work, I saw a guy wearing a cummerbund as an accessory. And I was like, no! Like I fell to my knees like Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes, where he discovers the Statue of Liberty. Like I was like, you did it! You finally did it! And like, so it's just always changing. But that was one of the posts that I think a lot of people started to read the site when that one came out. John, what's what's your story with the church? I mean, you, you obviously had to have grown up in it to have this kind of depth of insight. Um, well, my dad's a minister, so I definitely grew up, you know, being surrounded by it. And he was a Southern Baptist minister that started a church in Massachusetts. 
So I got to kind of see a unique expression of the church in that Massachusetts is predominantly Catholic. Um, and so to kind of see the mix of how he shared the message of kind of Christ with, with a Catholic audience and kind of some of his understanding and kind of how he did things. So my dad definitely shaped a big part of my understanding of faith and how I think the church expresses itself. Um, I love the church. I think that there's, you know, I think sometimes we like to use it as a big uppercase noun where we're like, oh man, the church is really doing bad things or kind of like in a corporation, how you blame the corporation for things. And sometimes I don't think we take ownership of that. So I hate when we use the church as a pinata and really don't want to change anything because it's just hard. Um, So my, I mean, I have friends on both sides of the coin and I wrote in the book, like there's people that hate mega churches and there's people that feel sad for small churches. And so I think we're in this weird position of like, we weren't doing things well. And then we kind of got drunk on the idea of doing things with excellence. And so I think we we're kind of, you know, land back in the middle there. Um, but I, I love the church. I think it's, it's really powerful when applied to, you know, good things and it can get just like anything else. It, it can be toxic because it's essentially built of broken, broken people just like me. That was John Acuff. You can check out his site at stuffchristianslike.net or follow him on Twitter, which I do. It's very entertaining at twitter.com slash prodigal John. You're listening to Grand Vanity. The song is Got a Nerve. The video is playing right now on Relevant.tv. Quiet Science's lead singer, Nathan Walter, works in the suicide watch unit of a hospital. And he's seen his share of experiences. He has a lot of stories to tell, and the songs on their uh, album, With Without, are the mouthpiece of Walter's experiences, but permeate with hope, love, and courage in the face of despair. Here they are performing once again. This is Quiet Science. I hear the grass won't grow anymore In certain parts of the world that were Famous for their gardens and the rare flowers that bloom there They say the wind stops dead at the shore Sails in the harbor have all taken their last breath So we took to our rowboats to navigate the ocean Everything was as it should be I'd be standing there with you Clouds that surround the full moon. I saw some children at play in the street. I looked to the heavens and I uttered this prayer Lord, don't let them grow old and cynical as me. I 
as it should be I'd be standing there with you Beneath cumulus clouds that surround the full moon me as I watch the world breaking in spite of the stillness God you're still moving if everything was as it should be I'd be standing clouds that surround the full moon the only thing that comforts me as I watch my world breaking it's in spite of the stillness God you're still moving God you're still moving That was Quiet Science. Check them out at quietsciencemusic.com. Up next, feedback. The truth is in the dirt on the ground, not in your poison tongue or your acid tears. Let the truth howl in your ears. Here she comes, it's killing time. Flames are burning. You're listening to Karen Elson. The song is The Truth is in the Dirt. How true. Karen is uh, whose wife? Jack White. Dang it. How'd you know that? There's a little trivia. We're going to try a little, do a little music trivia. Karen Elson is Jack White's wife. That's very true. Uh, her album is The Ghost Who Walks. They were married by an Amazonian shaman. On a boat, right? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. On a boat? <laughs> I'm on a boat. He was wearing his flippy I'm on a boat. Fl- he was wearing his flippy floppies. <laughs> <laughs> flipping burgers. Yeah. While you straight flipping copies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, before we get into feedback, we have a winner of the Cornerstone Festival tickets. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we have two winners. Sorry, we have two winners that we want uh, to represent us at Cornerstone. It's a very select company. Mm-hmm. Um, the Twitter names are Madison Melissa and Hannah Schroer. Schroer? Schroer. <laughs> you tell me how it says. S-C-H-R-O-E-R. Schroer. 
the roar with Hannah Schroer. the rural juror. That's a great episode. But her name is Hannah Schroer. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah. Man, she's going to represent us at Cornerstone and she can't even so introduce hard. herself to people. We need to find someone else. Your, Sorry, your new last name is Smith. Yeah. <laughs> you may call me Hannah Smith. Yeah. So, Madison, Melissa, and Hannah Schroer, uh, go ahead and email us and we will we will work out all the details. You can email Sarah Beth at relevantmediagroup.com. Okay, last week the crew asked you if you could remake any movie from the 80s. What would it be, and how would you remake it? Okay, so some of the comments over at the at the site. You said uh, Pete Juvenile said Breakin and the ever popular Breakin Two Electric Boogaloo. They've already remade those. It's called Step Up, Step Up Two, and Step Up Three D. I am deeply offended. <laughs> <laughs> the plots are completely different. In Breakin Two Electric Boogaloo, they had to save the community center from a developer, and they had a big dance off, and the community wins. And the community center got saved. I forget what the plot of Breaking was. I saw it as a fourth grader. I haven't seen it since. So somehow them winning a dance off saved the community. It wasn't center. a dance off. I think they like, like I think raised they, money. I think. So. Yeah, that was it. They raised money by dancing, and I think they like chained themselves in front of the bulldozers mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then like break dance, and the machines, machines broke down or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I know I've brought this up before, but the old the plot of the ultimate '80s movie is over the top, where Sylvester oh. Stallone has to end up arm wrestling for the custody of his child. That movie's so good. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that, but now I really want to. Oh, I believe- you need to. You need to. It's called Over the Top, and it is anything but <laughs> over the top. Chad B writes and he says, "I would probably take one of the John Hughes movies, which I immediately see that and I'm like, whoa, yeah. sacred territory.' Yeah. But he's weird science. Okay. And he says and have it done as follows." So he's thought it through. Yeah. It should be directed by Judd Apatow and Adam McKay. So it's rated R. It'll star Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill as Gary and Wyatt. Wyatt's bully brother would be played by Brendan Fraser. Could probably use a career resurrection as a bad guy. (laughs) Why Brendan Fraser? (laughs) Lisa, Gary and Wyatt's creation, needs to be played by a British actress and and has to be very beautiful, thinking Kate Beckinsale. And I was originally thinking Megan Fox, but I clearly remember Lisa not being brain dead. Um, oh, and, oh. And, and last but not least, the Weird Science theme song, originally done by Oingo Boingo, will be covered by Yaysayer. Interesting. Interesting. I'd go see it. Yeah, I probably would too. Yeah. And pick it apart. I mean, it's, despite Brendan Fraser, I'd probably go see it. Uh, now, okay, so somebody says, uh, a, a couple people talked about Red Dawn. Right. Uh, some, Yahoo 2SYAZSDGI6RFT, and it goes on from there, is hmm. the name okay. of the person who says, I think Red Dawn should be remade. Was that the one who talks about his wife? Yeah, it was awesome the first time. Plus, they could use the original actors. Well, that's the my thing. wife it's thinks like, they should remake The Shining and make it well, a lot more like the book. They they could remake Red Dawn, but uh, Patrick Swayze died. Oh snap! Just putting that uh, out there. Well, the Jordan replies and says they are making a remake of Red Dawn. Yeah, it should be out later this year. It should be out later, and it takes place outside of Spokane, Washington. So that's your uh, feedback um, for this week's editorial question of the week. Here it is. Editorial question of the week. Okay, so, you know, earlier in the podcast, we talked to the author of Stuff Christians Like, John Acuff, and we wanted to know from you, many of you, like us, grew up in the Christian subculture, what's some more stuff Christians like? 
Let's add to the list here. Let's add to the conversation. Now, Ryan, give some examples from the story. Well, in the story that uh, John wrote for Relevant, um, he talks, he gives a few examples like watching R-rated movies, but only if they're violent. Right. If there's a hint of nudity or too much language, you can't watch it. Which you've talked about. Right. But as long as it's super violent, it's fine. Right. Um, my favorite one is judging fundamentalists for being judgmental. <laughs> so you get really mad at people and without knowing them, uh, because they get mad at people without knowing them. Um, telling other people that maybe God gave them the gift of singleness. I tell, I tell pretty much anytime I'm introduced to somebody, I proclaim, you know, just my gut instinct, singleness <laughs> usually goes over pretty well. All right, so re- go over to uh, relevantmagazine.com at the, uh, and click right there on the current podcast episode. And in the comments, leave us your feedback on more stuff Christians like. Um, do you guys have any? I-, I, thought, I thought of one. One thing that Christians like, I feel like way more than other people, are acronyms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's, true. Yeah. it's like any anything they want to communicate can be more effectively done in, in a five point acronym. It's true. Using numbers in naming devices, that's what Christians like too. So you can't <laughs> just have this youth group's called Motivate, it's Motive Eight. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's what they do. Did any of you guys go to Awana? No. No, no. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Chad. Yes. <laughs> I, I had the Assembly of God version, the Royal Rangers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> but the Royal Rangers sounds aw- like I would expect to go to Royal Rangers and be like, all right, I don't understand. When do, when do you issue me my knife? <laughs> no, it was just the Royal Rangers, right? No, it was like that. It was basically Christian uh-huh. Cub Scouts. Yeah. Oh, you, okay. you earned badges and you went on camp powwows. You and got knives. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. We, we learned how to do all the stuff. The that's Boy Scouts way better did. than Awana. Well, we just oh, got to play dodgeball. Yeah, but Awana had the uniforms, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we had the uniforms too, but then we were the camo badges. No, they were blue. <laughs> blue I never looked like gold, probably. Right? No, I never made it past pioneers. I kind of lost interest after like what I had. I went for like a year. Like Chad, fourth grade or Chad, something. did you win the Timothy Award? Oh, oh, every year. Nice work. I only won the Excellence Award. I was the undefeated sword drill champion. That's amazing. I <laughs> yes. bet I could be you. Drill. You Hold and on. I should have a sword drill competition. <laughs> Wait, what is the sword drill? Oh, Cameron. So, okay. Come on. So you hold your Bible with the with oh. the binding in your hand and everyone you know it has to be above your head and they give you a reference and they say go and whoever finds it first and stands up and starts reciting the passages of scripture is the sword drill champion yeah they i, get to I to literally heaven. thought it was something to do with swords <laughs> i thought it was too <laughs> that's way yeah. better i was awesome at sword drill <laughs> i believe it next staff meeting we're having a sword drill oh yeah we're having a sword drill but off. i'll have to break out my sword drill bible because it's you? totally different than my normal bible <laughs> is it tabbed and yeah, stuff yeah and did it's you? got like the binding broken in did you used to like really tabbed because that's kind of cheating no, it, was <laughs> it really wasn't <laughs> at royal rangers we had a uh we would start off all the meetings with uh sam and doing the pledge of allegiance and then so we the, would do the, the royal lamb? ranger oh. pledge which was ready ready for anything ready to work play serve obey worship live etc it's <laughs> <laughs> like they just lost interest. That's awesome. Kind of just lazy. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. yada. Work, play, serve, obey, worship, live, etc. <laughs> but we're ready for anything. You know that including etc. You know that came at the end of like a four-hour staff meeting. <laughs> we, we're, we're, we're done. Yeah. 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 Mm. So I never. I only went to one powwow. That's what they were called. Mm. Where we had big camping and stuff like that. It was. It was fun. Okay. So tell us stuff Christians like. That's the. Uh, 
feedback question. Now, okay, one other thing connected to John Acuff here, and, and somebody just reminded me of this via Twitter, and I've tried to block it out of my <laughs> head, but John and I had a bet around the Easter Conference Finals. A Christian wager. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Christian wager. <laughs> he uh, He's a big Celtics fan, and I'm a huge Orlando Magic fan. I, and I put myself at another level because he didn't even watch all the games. What? Like, I'm sitting there, like, reading his tweets during the games, and he's, like, off d- at dinner. That's ridiculous. Oh, like, he's not on. a big fan. No, no. He's, he's just, like, marginal. that guy when the playoffs comes around, <laughs> you know, shows a little interest. Yeah. So, anyway, the Magic lost. I lost the wager. The, the thing that I had to do was <laughs> I had to give away 20 subscriptions to Relevant to... Uh, Celtics fans to to John's <laughs> yeah to to John to distribute you know through his site which we did, um, but then somebody reminded me that I was supposed to wear a Celtics jersey on my avatar for oh, a week. Snap. Oh snap! Hey, he didn't send me one, so <laughs> I ain't buying it. I mean, if it's a magic one, he would have to wear a magic one. I would have sent it to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, that's the explanation of why I'm not wearing the Celtics jersey on my avatar because John didn't send one to mm-hmm. me. And I refuse to talk to him anymore. So maybe he did send it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So that'll wrap up the podcast. Many thanks to John Acuff for coming through. You can check him out at stuffchristianslike.net. His brand new book is available at bookstores everywhere. And it is a laugh out loud read. I don't say that very often, but would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. It's a, I, although I would say, I would say it's an LOL read, maybe an <laughs> ROFL read. Is, is it an LMAO? It's an read? LMAO read. Yeah. <laughs> um, PTL. <laughs> it's a PTL read. It's a giant. Oh, one's PTL. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Uh, see, I'm not in. Uh, I'm not into that stuff. You guys just know way too many things. Your heads are full of just stuff. stuff. Christian nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> and band names. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so many thanks to John. Also, many thanks to Quiet Science for coming through. You can check them out at quietsciencemusic.com. Their first full-length album just released in May. It's called With Slash Without. Check it out. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. Maya Strang. Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. <laughs> I'm Lloyd Kinsley. <laughs> we'll see you next week. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. You know how difficult it is to you know pass a soccer ball around in fourth all game? Not at all, because they do it every time.